and welcome to mini episode 208 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 18th of September 2022 and story number one comes from Anna Rose. In July of 2018 I got a phone call dealing with my dad. We did not have the greatest relationship, mostly his doing. I didn't answer it right away because I was on the clock but when I listened to the voicemail the lady was asking what my relationship to my dad was. She called back and I told her who I was and she told me that he was found dead. My aunt and uncle would not let me tell my grandpa what happened in fear of what it would do to him. He had dementia. So fast forward to February 2020. In the beginning of February, my grandmother passed away from stage four lung cancer. It was his mother. At the end of February, my grandfather passed away at the age of 92. My grandfather spoiled me when I was younger. I was having issues with my depression and other things and not sleeping well at night. But one night I fell asleep on the couch and so my mom and my brother decided to leave me. At about 5.30 in the morning I woke from a dream that my grandfather was upset with me. That morning I was talking to my mom and told her what my dream was about. She asked me why I thought he was upset and I said that it could be that I did not tell him about my dad. She told me to pray that night and so I did. I had another dream and this time he was happy with me. The second story deals with my childhood home. My mom had bought a teacup off of Avon that played music. It was I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. This story takes place after my grandmother passed. I'm not sure how many years and by this time the teacup did not play anymore. My mom and uncle were stripping and buffing the living room floor and her and my uncle were taking a small break and my mom had said that she wondered what her mom would think when out of nowhere the teacup that was behind a wall of plastic starts to play. It's like we always say on this podcast, it doesn't really matter what your belief is or whether you're sceptical or not. If you get messages from somebody after they've passed and it brings you a sense of closure or it makes you feel like some unfinished business between the two of you has been resolved, then that's what matters. And it sounds like the issue between you and your granddad was resolved. Like, I mean, the issue of not telling him that your dad had died, which I can understand why he wouldn't be told, but I can also understand why that would be a struggle for you. And it sounds like he came back to be like, listen, it's okay. I get it. We're fine. We're good. And the teacup specifically playing, I just called to say I love you. Love it. If that's not a sign, I don't know what is. And story number two comes from Arlene. My aunt Alice died when I was 14 years old. She was a lovely woman full of style and warmth. Alice was also my godmother. And as I later realised, the matriarch of our family. I chose not to attend her funeral because I didn't want my last memory of Alice to be of her lifeless in a coffin. One night, weeks after the funeral, I fell asleep in my family's living room. I woke up to my mother shaking me and leading me back to my bedroom, something she had never done before. In that bedroom, I had built-in shelves and I remember laying in bed and watching my mom tidy up my shelves. The next morning, I asked my mother why she had walked me back to my bedroom and was fussing with my shelves. My mother said no, she hadn't done that. She is a serious person and not the type to play pranks so I believed her. My aunt Alice and her sister, my mom, had a similar build. 
Both were short and had dark curly hair. I automatically assumed it was my mom in my bedroom the previous night, but now I wondered if it was maybe Alice who I had seen. I thought I had imagined the whole thing, seeing my dead aunt in my bedroom, except it happened again. Days later, I woke up and saw what looked like my aunt in my bedroom tidying up my shelves. I didn't feel scared seeing Alice. Somehow, even in death, she radiated warmth. And again, another story of a loved one coming back. And again, it sounds like in a way that this was what you needed. Because I can totally understand not wanting to see somebody and their last memory of them to be them in a coffin. You know what I mean? Because that, that's, a, that's a tough old memory to have. Especially when you remember somebody being like full of warmth and kindness and joy. And I wonder then if this was a way for your last sighting, your last seeing of Alice to be something more positive. So having her alive and vibrant, like, you know, looking alive and vibrant is what I mean, in your bedroom, sorting out your things, looking after you as she did when she was alive. Oh, you guys just know I love a positive death story, you know? And story number three comes from Tanya. It's been a while since I sent one in. I sent in the story about floating down the stairs as a child. This is more of a compilation of my experiences working in the field of elderly care. I've worked in the industry for 26 years so far. I have seen and felt some very odd things, I can assure you. I worked in this one place for 11 years. It was in fact built on what was an old hospital. The surrounding area had and still has the old brick wall from that time. Staff would walk down the corridors and see people going into rooms but no one was there. The place was having a revamp and the dining room was getting a new look. I saw a man in a green army uniform with a peak cap with a red band around it salute me and say I have my leg back once when I walked into that area. I'm a practicing pagan witch and have somewhat psychic and mediumistic gifts. I used to be part of a paranormal group before all of this most haunted stuff started and I would go out on little investigations with the maintenance team of the care home in question, one of which was a history buff and a sceptic. He used to love looking up the history and seeing if I got it right. His name was Barry. I told Barry about this and he had already been looking into the history of the hospital that was on the site. Turns out that during World War II the hospital was used for officers in the army as across the road from it is the remains of a railway line which runs to another hospital close by, which is still in use today as the main hospital for the city. That main hospital was for soldiers, but the officers were cared for separately. Renovations always stir things up. On another occasion, there I was in the kitchen and saw a woman walk past, holding her arms close to her, and she looked very much like one of the patients. So I ran out looking for her, yet she was on the unit safe and sound. There was a cook who apparently had a deformed hand who did in fact look very like that patient I thought it was and that cook worked at the home and had died a year before I went to work there. The staff really did think I was odd and found it scary to work alongside me as they too had experiences when with me, such as knocking on walls and things out of the corner of their eyes. My gifts did come into good use a few times though. 
Sam the laundry guy, he had lost his keys to the laundry and was freaking out. We drew a rough plan of the places he had been and used my necklace as a pendulum and I told him to look at the sink in the laundry as they were under there and indeed there they were. I get these urges to tell people things, it's very weird. There was a cook in the kitchen serving breakfast and I kept getting the words beetroot in my head. So I said to her, okay, I have no idea why, but every time I walk past you, I'm hearing the word beetroot and it's getting annoying. I said, did something smash at home to do with beetroot? She went white and said, yes, a jar of beetroot smashed on the floor when her husband opened the fridge to get it the previous night. The thing was, was that her husband wasn't allowed beetroot. It was something to do with his medication, but he was going to get some anyway. I told her that someone was making sure that he didn't have it. I seem to have a thing too about knowing if someone is pregnant, where the baby is lying inside them, and on most occasions, what sex it'll be. One woman at work was giving me the feeling that I had to speak to her, and I told her that she was pregnant, and she said she couldn't be. The next day she came in, took me excitedly to one side and told me that she had told her husband he got her a test and yes, she was pregnant. Another woman at work, I told her she was having a baby girl and that she would be born on Halloween. She was absolutely laughing at me. Nope, she told me. It was all correct and she had a baby girl on Halloween. One particular corridor used to really freak me out. I used to feel something dark and angry. I felt it in two rooms especially. I used to hear a woman saying, he knew, he knew it would kill me. A number of staff saw a woman in a white nightdress with a long, dark, blonde hair in that corridor. One that really did scare me was that I worked on a unit that I was not used to working on. There was a man in a wheelchair and his energy made my skin crawl. It felt kind of sticky and dark. Now, we weren't just a care home for the elderly. This was for those with mental health issues too and those that were hard to place. It was a hard place to work emotionally and mentally at times due to that. So I did my job. I'd come to the unit and went to walk out. This man in the wheelchair was looking up at something. Something I could see but clearly no one else present could. An entity that must have been about seven foot tall in a black robe stood by the side of him. I was frozen to the spot. The thing turned to my direction and disappeared. Obviously, I was not meant to have seen it. I told my colleague what I saw as she was trying to get my attention. I asked her who the guy was in a wheelchair as he was new. I told her that he wouldn't be there next week and he died a few days later. A lady came in and I asked her if I could wash her hair as her husband was coming to see her the next day. She told me that she wouldn't be here the next day. She looked at me and said, you know what I mean by that. I told her it would still be good to wash her hair and tried not to let on that I knew exactly what she meant. After I did wash her hair, she grabbed my hand and said, thank you. I am going though, as well you know. I said to her, if that was the case, to let me know she had arrived safe. She nodded and smiled at me. The next shift I was on duty was around two days later and the lady had in fact passed away the next day. I was in the laundry room with a colleague sorting out sheets when a box on the top shelf flew off and hit the door and I heard laughing. My colleague ran out screaming. I knew exactly who had done it. 
I told her thank you for letting me know that she was safe and to take care. I never worked nights there, only days. I dread to think what I would have seen if I did. I've worked another care home since that one. Had some little things but nothing as dramatic until the one I work in now. Perhaps I was just closed off in the others, I don't know. This one I've worked in since it was built. When the staff were having training, I told the manager that I felt a little girl. She came running up to me and asked me to go into the lounge and look at the coffee table. There was a handprint, a small handprint there. I had only told her about my feelings of the little girl. And I've had residents talk to a little girl too. I've heard bangs on the walls when no one else was around with my colleagues. Once I was sat in the office, which was opposite the laundry, with only me and a housekeeper in that part of the building at that time. I heard what was like a box hitting the wall with some force. I ran out of my office as she ran out of the laundry, both thinking something had happened to the other, but nothing had happened. Lights have also been seen from the window of what was my office at night. I now have changed departments and I work the night shift. I've seen people in lounge areas when everyone is in bed. I've seen orange balls of light at the bottom of one corridor, shadow figures on one floor and had the feeling of something following me on another. A colleague has seen the same things. In fact, we were both at the desk just sat down to do some paperwork when everyone was in bed. It was around 3am. When I heard someone say, Tan? I looked at her and asked, Did you hear that? She said yes and she was hoping she hadn't. I don't turn off the lights when I am on shift, especially if I'm working alone. I don't want to see the stuff when I'm at work, but lights on or lights off, I still do. In the last episode we talked about care homes and how they have just such a weird energy, whether it's a care home for the elderly or whether it's a care home for a mix of the elderly, people with mental health conditions, people like Tanya said who aren't easily placed elsewhere. They always just have a weird energy. So I can't imagine what it's like to be in somewhere with a weird energy and to have the abilities to see things. It's emotionally taxing as it is to work in a facility like that and be surrounded by death all the time. But then to have the added emotional taxation of seeing big cloaked figures, etc, etc. No. It's a no from me. Although I recognise that within your story there are good bits to being able to have these abilities like being able to see when somebody's pregnant and being able to tell somebody that they're pregnant or being able to predict when a baby's going to be born and what sex that baby's going to be or to have those weird moments like the beetroot moment where you can go, did something weird happen to you around beetroot? Because that's such, so specific and odd. And then to be able to say, well, somebody's looking out for your husband, tell him to not eat beetroot if it's going to interfere with his medication. And I do wonder if it's all of the energy surrounding death that brings things in and keeps things there. Oh, I don't really know. Like the little girl, like why is the little girl there in the new building? Why is the cook hanging around there? The soldiers, I can understand because if it was originally a facility that was a place where soldiers were treated, then I understand that. But I do, care homes, yeah, they they freak me out, I have to say. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Anna Rose, Arlene and Tanya for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 18th of September 2022. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up for our Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>